Welcome to the Savage Bloggers Network podcast, episode three. In this show, we highlight some of the interesting and exciting announcements, posts, podcasts, products, and more that come through the SBN feed. I'm Christian Serrano. And I'm Ron Blessing. So this week, we're pretty much looking at a collection of new product announcements, as well as the return of some favorites. Kicking things off, we're looking at Wildcard Creator 1.5, which was recently released. So there's some new product support in this version, including Deadlands Reloaded, Stone in a Hard Place, uh, the Last Parsec Primer, as well as Leviathan and Eris Beta 5, uh, support for Sundered Skies by Triple Ace Games, support for Mars by Adamant Entertainment, uh, as well as some other bug fixes and miscellaneous stuff. Ron, have you used Wildcard Creator, or do you use any character creation software at all? You know, I've actually kept away from the character creation software stuff, not because I have a problem with it, but because I have found that I've done Savage Worlds for so long that they slow me down. It's it's not to knock any of the software, but frankly, I can make a character faster than it would take me to either learn the software or get used to the software. And, you know, in Savage Worlds, it's so simple. I only like to use software for, for heavier games like, you know, a Hero or a GURPS. I think the those are those games are probably the reason character creation software exists as a concept, <laughs> but um, but yeah, not so much. Yeah, I've uh, I've heard a lot of good things about Wildcard Creator. I know there's some fans out there. Um, I've, I've heard people speak up about it in the Google Plus community, and um, whenever there's a new release, there's a lot of buzz that comes out about it. And I know there's some other tools out there as well. I think Hero Lab is another one. But I'm kind of in the same boat as you, man. I feel like with Savage Worlds, it's for me, it seems to be pretty straightforward yep. in being able to build a character. Uh, I think the, one of the cool things about it is the idea that it aggregates resources and information from those different resources. You can kind of pick through them a little bit more easily. But for the most part, uh, I just feel like I'm fumbling with the user interface, with trying to understand how, how it works, what it's trying to do, and if it's doing what I really think it's doing. One of the common complaints that I have gotten from my friends that play Savage Worlds is they have a hard time with the switching between books to get all your information to, to make your character. And so I, I could right. see where this would be a great tool to kind of pull all that together and aggregate it into one spot. So I could see that usefulness. So I would definitely recommend this type of software for, for that person that you know has that complaint or someone that's newer. Yeah that needs a little help making sure that they have all their ducks in a row when they're building their character. So, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think I think it has its place. Cool. All right, next on the list. This was actually a really cool blog post. This is over on iliveforcrits.blogspot.com. Don't we all? Don't we all? And this is uh, James August Walls. Uh, he's a pretty good, pretty cool member of the Google Plus community. This was a really cool uh, blog post. It's titled Savage World's 50 Fathoms Campaign Kickoff. Sounds kind of mundane when you first read it. You're like, okay, yeah, big deal. Another campaign kickoff on 50 Fathoms. That's been out for a while. What's really cool about this, though, is that he is presenting the, his summer campaign kickoff with his family that he's running with his family, his kids, his wife. He's got some really fun photos on there. They're all dressed up and they're having a blast. This is something that I would love to be able to do with my kids during some summer in the future. Um, right now I'm, I'm running, uh, not running, but occasionally I'll run hero kids with my, with my kids. They're, they're just the right age for that. But as they get older, I'm hoping to turn them into savages and I would love to do a, a summer campaign like this. I think that'd be a lot of fun. 
what I love about this blog post is the he had his kids dress up. I love the the Jake and the Neverland pirate ship um, that my son keeps asking for because yeah. he's a huge Bucky. Jake. Yeah, yeah, he's a huge. My kids fan. got that too. Um, he's got some Lego stuff, but whenever he sees the big plastic ship like that's in that picture, he he wants it. One of the things that this this kind of shows off for for me as a Savage Worlds fan is that a typical plot point campaign, if you are willing to run it a little linearly, um, which you might want to do with younger kids anyway, um, is perfect to do over a summer. And the way I recommend it uh, to do it is for each plot point. Just give them five to ten XP, right? And just just go straight from plot point to plot point. Run it by the week. Typically nine, ten weeks. You can actually run it, and you know anywhere from nine to eleven weeks, and get through an entire campaign over the summer. So, if you want to run Savage Worlds in that accelerated way, you totally can. Yeah, there's typically about nine to eleven episodes in a mm-hmm. plot point campaign. Yep. But yeah, but Savage Worlds uh, plot point campaigns are perfect if you want to run them that way to to really help your your kids get through something. It's a great family activity, and uh, I'm super excited. I want to. I'm probably going to follow this if he's going to keep writing about the campaign on his on his blog. Oh, I'm definitely going to follow it. Yeah, I love the fact that they kicked it off too by uh, they prepared for it. I should say by watching uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, right. uh, Dead Man's Chest, and At World's End. It's like perfect vibe to set. Yep, definitely, uh, and I definitely recommend watching some Pirates of Dark Water if you can get your hands on it. It's it's good stuff too, and it's funny because this, of course, makes me want to run Fifty Fathoms now, which brings me, brings me to the next article on our list. Gnome Stew, particularly Phil Vecchione, he wrote um, an article called "Avoiding the Shiny," and Phil and I have had some online discussion, uh, short discussion, but you know, comments here and there about how the two of us uh, suffer from what I call ooh shiny syndrome or OSS as I like to call it. And what this article is about is how to avoid having a game catch your eye, which can often cause a weak willed game master like myself to derail a current campaign in the name of some new, really cool looking thing. I am uh, known for doing that, and I'm you actually yes, and I'm no. Running, no shut up. <laughs> and, and I'm running a campaign right now, actually using another system. And uh, my recent bout with Ushiny syndrome came when Lankmar came out. I had to work very hard to both buy Lankmar, <laughs> which I, I avoided for the first two weeks, and keep my campaign running. And uh, so far, I've been successful. So there you go. No, and and I kind of have a similar problem as well. Where um, right now I'm, I'm sort of in between campaigns, and I was about to start up another Ebron campaign, but you know we've got the six gun that um, I actually went ahead and backed it. We talked about it last week. Uh, I went ahead and backed it after picking up one of the first trade and just fell in love with it. Um, we've got uh, Thunderscape, which we talked about last week as well. So I'm, I'm a little excited about that. And Pinnacle did the uh, newsletter contest. And uh, I won, which is kind of cool. I was really excited about that. I wasn't expecting that at all. So I've got some money sitting in the Pinnacle store as credit. And I'm thinking about picking up that big, giant Lankmar bundle that we talked about last week. Which you should. Which I I will. But again, that's just another thing that I'm like, ooh, shiny, right? I feel like we have so many options in Savage Worlds. It's really hard sometimes to really pin down which one you want to go with. You know, speaking of the sixth gun, the Pinnacle folks have released a, a free adventure. 
That was really cool. Yeah, I thought it was really neat. It's called The One Hand Gang. You can get it on RPG Now, or you can get it at the Pinnacle Store. And really neat. So another new product that's uh, slated to come out, it's from the producers of Accursed, uh, Miller Via. And uh, so this product is called Thin Blue Line. And it's essentially a paranormal, supernatural kind of police setting uh, set in Detroit. And they've been running a series of blog posts to sort of prep everyone for the setting and they, and they kind of detail different locales and, you know, places and just aspects about the, uh, about the setting itself, not getting into any, any mechanics, uh, per se, just all flavor, just to set the tone and the mood of the setting. This has been really exciting to, to follow. And there's been a lot of really cool, uh, little bits and pieces that have come through here. One of the things I really like about this, why this is appealing to me way back before I ever got into Savage Worlds, I was looking at World of Darkness as my next sort of system because I was really intrigued by the idea of running a mortals campaign where the mortals are brushing up against supernatural experiences. In fact, I had even picked up Tales from the 13th Precinct specifically to do police officers encountering and dealing with these types of things. No vampires, werewolves or anything like that. Just mostly just weird supernatural kind of kind of like x-files but you know down at the street level right right and so uh yeah I'm, I'm really excited to see um to see more of this man i think this is going to be something cool for savage worlds so i have run a campaign in small bits in three different systems i've run this in d20 modern i've run it in uh, world of darkness and i've run it in savage worlds and i call it chicago nights and basically, it's this campaign. They're actually going to write something near and dear. And instead of being in Chicago, it's going to be in Detroit. Really cool. I'm excited to see this happening. And I think it's going to be awesome. And I, I trust the guys at Melior Via because, I mean, Accursed is amazing. So I should mention these blog posts are actually a ramp up to something pretty big. And that they're actually going to be doing a Kickstarter for this as well. So yeah, yet another Ushiny type of thing like more money for me to throw at something that i like i should also point out that hearthstone games puts out one called marchland oh right which yeah. is another kind of you know modern urban fantasy thing taking place in the pacific northwest so if you like the concepts behind the thin blue line you should also check out marchland and and i say collect all these things you know get your deadlands noir and get your thin blue line and get Marchland and, and just that's what Savage World is about, man. Just pull it all together and make your awesome, you know, modern day fantasy. You know, and quite honestly, that's actually what I used to do with the Eberron stuff is I used to just pull stuff from all these great settings. Um, so I guess maybe that is the solution to the Ooze Shiny Syndrome, right? You can still enjoy all these settings by drawing inspiration from them. Well, and specifically with Savage Worlds, you're like, oh, a new Savage Worlds thing comes out. You know, what can I take in here and use in my current campaign? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. If you're a Savage Worlds guy, that's that's great. And I, I do that all the time. It's like, how can I do this? How can I leverage this? How can I, you know, what's new in, in, in Lankmar, for example, that I, I, right. I was able to pull out and pull into my, into my campaign at the time? Yeah. And another great segue, speaking about modern gaming, you should totally check out uh, an article that, that Sean Preston um, put on the revamped 
Reality Blur's website. Yes. Um, where he talks about six reasons to play Agents of Oblivion. I read this article because I wanted to find out how he narrowed it down to six reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are so many reasons. More I mean, than I've, six. Yeah. Since AOO came out, it has been my opinion that it was the modern companion in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. It does for modern, I feel like, what you know, the fantasy companion does for fantasy and uh, super's companion does for supers, that sort of yeah. thing. It's, it's definitely and a very uh, toolkit approach. Totally. But if you want some, some firsthand information about Agents of Oblivion because for some reason you were under a rock or you're a newer savage or any of those things, definitely check out this article at realityblurs.com where, where it's t- called Agents of Oblivion, Six Reasons to Play. Um, Sean's writing is always engaging. He has a, a great style about him, so it, it's worth worth it as a read just for that reason alone. Yeah, I'm really happy to see Sean back in the uh, in the community again. Uh, he was kind of radio silent for a while, and um, you know there was a lot of speculation that you know is, is there something going on with Reality Blurs? Uh, are they you know not producing things? Um, but one of his one of his first blog posts. Uh, with the revamped site was very much we are making stuff and we are still here and we're going to be putting out some products. One of the things I've always appreciated about Reality Blurs is that they take their time to do it right. And so their releases, they're not frequent, but when they come out, they're good. Yeah. All right. Moving forward here. Savage Everything is a blog that basically does Savage Worlds adaptations or conversions of uh, pop culture things, uh, mostly superheroes. The most recent one, for example, is Tony Stark's Hall of Armors. And what he did is he takes the Savage World superpowers companion mechanics, the rules, all the options that are in there, and he literally stats out the powers and the abilities of each of the suits from the films. This was so much fun to read. I like the superpowers companion because I really like just sort of picking at the rules and looking at how I would do this or do that. It's kind of uh, it's like playing with Legos, really. It's it's you know it's like Legos with your brain. And uh, reading through this post was exactly like that. I didn't nitpick the accuracy or the values or the point cost or anything like that. I don't really get into that. But I'm not um, gonna be that guy either. Yeah, <laughs> but this was just a lot of fun to read, and it was really cool. Right. And, and he's got photos of the armors as well, so you can kind of compare them across the films. And uh, and he goes all the way. He starts all the way from the Mark One to the Hulkbuster, and it's yeah, yeah it's beautiful. It really is. Yeah. So uh, good good job, Donovan. This is uh this is good stuff, man. I love articles like this. I love how it showcases the superpowers companion. Um, it's so versatile. Superpowers Companion is great because it it does something for superheroes that um, I've never seen any other system do, and that's make it so you can have all your powers but still get better. Yeah. Um, as a as a uh, a character, um, no other system has been able to you know f- find that sweet spot between character improvement and power improvement. So. I'm a big fan of it. So anything that showcases that is is cool for me. Oh yeah, you know what this uh, this blog reminds me of too? Norm Hensley's blog, where he oh, used yeah. to do all the old like superhero stuff, and I think he mm-hmm. did Ninja Turtles at one point, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, he did. Yeah, we got to harass him to start doing some more of that. I, I miss some of those posts because Norm is is uh, there are very few people in the Savage Worlds community that get Savage Worlds like Norm does. Yeah, 
And so whenever he has something to say, you should listen. Absolutely. Period. Absolutely. I know he, he participates in the Google Plus community every now and then. So uh, hopefully he'll hear this podcast and uh, maybe get a little bit inspired. Get back to it, Norm. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> he was briefly on. He was briefly a member of the Smiling Jack's Bar and Grill cast. I remember that. to have 60 Seconds with Norm. 60 Seconds with Norm. Episode one was yeah. one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. There you go. Yep. So, speaking of favorite things, Space 1889, which is a, another great setting that was licensed for Savage Worlds, they had a one-and-done license. They did Red Sands, and that was it. But there is a company that has savaged their licensed version of, uh, of Space 1889. Basically, Clockwork Publishing got the license to create Space 1889 material for the Ubiquity system, which is another great system people should check out. Um, sorry if you have Ushani, but anyway, um, Clockwork has made some stuff for that, and they have begun translating some stuff to Savage Worlds. And specifically, uh, there's this one adventure, The Strangeland, and it was originally released for their Ubiquity edition, and now it's out for uh, Savage Worlds as well. What's neat about it is it doesn't try to... to um, you reinvent the wheel, it uses uh, Red Sands as its core book. So it's meant for you to weave into your current campaign. So I definitely recommend checking that out. Um, Space 1889 is such a neat setting. And um, while I loved that Pinnacle did it for Savage Worlds, I was sad that it was a one-and-done um, license. Yeah, this was a, a pleasant surprise that sort of came out of nowhere. I don't think anybody was expecting to see more Space 1889 for Savage Worlds, especially particularly leveraging Red Sands. I'm sure a lot of people were pretty pleased to see this come out. Yep, definitely. Definitely. Very cool. All right, so uh, last product announcement. This is almost no surprise because this comes from the fine folks at Triple Ace Games. These guys put out Wiggy. I'm just going to say Wiggy puts out so many words <laughs> of products uh, so frequently that I don't I don't understand how he does it. But uh, Hellfrost Land of Fire Realm Guide number twenty two. Okay, mind you, this is well after having done I don't even know how many Realm Guides for just the baseline Hellfrost setting. So he's got number twenty two for Land of Fire, and uh, this is the Kingdoms of the Sphinxes. And, and it's 75 pages. So it's guide number 22, and it's 75 pages. How does he do it? I Ricky don't know. He is a beast. He's an animal. He's an animal. He, he is. He is a complete beast when it comes to just, he gets these ideas, and they just pour beautifully onto the page and just never cease to blow our minds. I mean, yeah. even the last... Realm Guide was 60 pages. It's insane. So It's insane. Number 21 and 22 are like 135 pages between the two of them. Yeah. That's a book in Savage Worlds. <laughs> you know, and, and that's kind of the cool thing about the Hellfrost line is that you're getting yeah. so much support and so much material for that. For, for both the original Hellfrost and the Land of Fire, you're never going to be hungry for more information about those settings. If anything... I would say it's almost intimidating a little bit to get into the settings, but you don't have to get into it now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's such a huge, I mean, it's a physically huge IP now, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's monstrous, but yeah. And he's just cranking these things out left and right. So, um, yeah, check it out. 
All right, so I think that's pretty much everything uh, that we intended to cover for the show. Ron, you got anything else that you want to throw in before we wrap up? No, I mean, actually, we, we covered a lot in a short amount of time, so I think we did. good. Yeah, yeah, we did cover a lot in a short amount of time. I'm actually impressed. I'm actually <laughs> impressed. So I got to say, man, this is the second episode I've done with you, and this has been so much fun so far. So thank you Go again. Us. Yeah, yeah. Thank you again for joining. Uh, this is this is cool, man. I think it's. Uh, I think we make a good team. Yeah, I think we do make a good team. I mean, you're no Veronica Blessing, but you'll do. No, she is. I'm sure much cuter than I am. <laughs> she is. She is much better to podcast with than you. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. I, you know, you know, I'm, she's my wife, and she might listen to this. That's well. You should. S- <laughs> That's a fair point. <laughs> I can't argue with that. <laughs> right? No, indeed. Totally. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to know how to follow the Savage Bloggers Network, uh, whether it's the feed, the podcast, or checking out our Hangouts on air, or even just following us on Twitter... Just go to www.savagebloggers.net. we got all the links there waiting for you, ready to be clicked. And uh, whatever you do until next time, keep it fast, furious, and fun. Hey, Christian. Yeah. Why do chicken coops have two doors? I don't know. Why do chicken coops have two doors? Because if they had four doors, they'd be chicken sedans. Awesome. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Good night. (laughs) 